0: here for some spiritually queer contemplations first of all you guys I just have to deeply apologize I've been apologizing a lot this week for honestly just dropping the ball that's the easiest way I can put it I know that I mentioned it in last week's introduction and on the episode you'll hear again today um that I'm going through a breakup. We're six weeks in and I am counting the days, yes, because I'm hoping that one day enough time will have passed that it won't hurt so damn bad. And it's interesting because in my experience, it feels like the more time that's passing, the more painful it's getting, which I hope is not the reality. (laughs) I trust that is not the reality I'm creating for myself. But right now I'm in that, you know, everyone keeps reminding me it's a transitional period. I've got to get my life together, I've got to uproot it, I've got to restart, and um, I went to spend some time with my family in California, and it felt so good, and then I came home, and I just, like, my grief got heavier, so, you know, it's been really hard for me to get my work done, which is interesting, because my work is, like, my favorite part about my day, and... Even though I love my work so much, it's so hard to focus when your heart is breaking. It really is. And I think I'm just at a phase right now where almost like I can't distract myself. And I just have to like face it. And, you know, Sanctuary Program just ended. Sunrise Live classes are on a break. Like I'm in such a mellow space in my business right now that I have that privilege, you know, to just be with it. And to just let my work slow down. And to just focus on figuring out these next steps. So yeah, that's my apology for uh, this episode not being out on Sunday. Um, And you know, the only reason I like to have that consistency is that, you know, I want you to feel like you can count on me. That on Sundays I'm going to be there for you, you know. And if on a Sunday I don't have a new episode, you can know that I'm just I'm really trying to take care of myself in the moment. And this episode in particular, you know, I'm in such a tender spot that I didn't realize that editing an episode that had this kind of content, um, would be so tender, you know, like the amount of times that I started editing this and then was just like, I just can't, (laughs) can't do this right now. Um, and I wonder if I were in a more like secure place in my life with my relationships, if editing this episode wouldn't feel so tender. I don't know. Um, but you know, this is vulnerable, you guys, and um, it's funny because I do have those doubting voices in my head, being like, "Why would you share all of this? Like, what if the people that are involved in your story like don't like that you're sharing all of this?" And you guys. Uh, Glennon Doyle is like one of my biggest idols ever and I've wanted to be a memoirist my whole life I've always wanted to write books about my life and so if you're listening to this and you are someone who's mentioned in the story you're welcome that I bleeped your name out and I am (laughs) sorry I'm honored and I'm flattered that you're listening Um, but you're a part of my story and I really really honor that And the reasons why I share my stories is because what you're going to hear today was the most alone I've ever felt. I felt so alone in this experience. And it's interesting to listen to this and remember how painful it was to go through a heartbreak and never tell anyone and never talk about it. like It was so painful. It was so painful and um, that's the time when I started having the uh, these uh, eosophilic fits where my, esophage, my esophagus would just completely close shut and it feels like you're having a heart attack but you don't die <laughs> and it's just interesting how um, that's when I started having those episodes. My, my physical body started breaking down on me um, and it was because I was grieving so much and I wasn't talking about it. I wasn't opening up to anybody. I was keeping the secret inside of my heart, and it was kind of destroying me. So it was interesting to listen to this and have Alexis ask me, like, worst heartbreak of your life, and to kind of feel like, even though the heartbreak I'm going through right now feels monumental, so, 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 so painful... The difference is that I'm in a healthier place in my life right now than I was with the first heartbreak. And as Alexa said, you know, the first cut really cuts the deepest. And when you don't tell anyone about the first cut and you keep it all inside, it's so painful. And so, you know, I've been really open about the breakup that I'm going through um, because keeping it a secret is only going to create more pain for me. And also, I know I'm not the only one going through a breakthrough, breakup right now, breakup, (laughs) breakthrough. And um, it would feel really fake. You know, sometimes I do feel fake, but it's because some days I just show up and I'm just having fun and I'm not grieving. And then other days I'm really, really grieving. And then, you know, yesterday I kind of feel like I let myself show up on my story really in my victim mode and um, almost poking fun at myself a little bit and, That felt nice too. Like, I want to be a leader and I want to be strong and I want to carry myself through this breakup gracefully. And then I also want you guys to know that some days I think I'm going to die because it hurts so bad. (laughs) But I have you all, this beautiful community to connect with. I have my amazing community. I have my amazing friends and my family and all of you who check in like, the amount of people who still keep it's like it's like literally i don't know if god is just circling around my friends like okay it's your your turn to check in with jane today but you know i'm just feeling so loved and supported and you know i'm resetting my life you guys i'm gonna restructure everything and we're starting with a one-way ticket to portugal so before we get into any of that other stuff um there is one more thing I want to share with you that I just want you to start preparing for because I'm not leaving for Portugal for about two months. And in these next two months of me kind of breaking down the life that I've built here and packing it up and preparing for my next steps, I also really, really need to get grounded again. And I've obviously been doing my best, but um, I need support. And so this probably isn't the way that most uh, yoga teachers launch their programs, but I'm going to be totally authentic you guys. I took a break from teaching my live sunrise classes for this month because like I'm just I I need a break. And then starting July 11th, I'm hosting a 30-day yoga challenge. So I will have the links up soon. I will not have it up by the time that I upload this, but I want you to just be ready for it. I want you to get prepared for it, okay? So if you're in Sunrise already, if you're already a Sunrise member, you'll just want to sign up for it. You'll be updated. It's free for you if you're not a Sunrise member, the 30 day yoga challenge, you'll need to sign up for it so that you can get the zoom link and the the portal where you're going to get the daily replays in your inbox. And then also on my website. So you'll have tons of access. And basically what we're going to do starting July 11th, that's a Monday, Monday through Friday, 8am on zoom, we will meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to get a 45 minute energy asana practice with me. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m., you're going to get a 30-minute pranayama and meditation practice with me. And then I'll also leave you a little journaling practice so that you can stay there and, and stay in that space with yourself. And these this is obviously Mountain Standard time. I'm going to be, well, who knows where I'm going to be, but I'm going to show up every day at 8 a.m. and I'm going to teach y'all. <laughs> and it feels really good to not only give this service to all of you to teach you every day for 30 days but also to give this service to myself and invite you all into this space to be with me so that we can get like those daily practices ingrained again and it's a yoga challenge because yoga is asana pranayama breath work. We'll talk about the bandhas. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff. So if you're a beginner, this is perfect for you. If you've fallen off of the wagon of your mat for a while and you need to get back into it, this is perfect for you. And of course, if you're one of my sunrise yogis and you don't practice every day and you're excited to have daily content to look forward to, you're going to love it. Obviously, Saturdays and Sundays, we're going to take a break. Um, This is not a free challenge. It's only free for my Sunrise members. So if you're not a Sunrise member, it will be $122. So you've got the month to save up. (laughs) If you need to save up, you got the month to get your yoga mat. To get prepared to start waking up by 8 a.m. or whatever time 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time is for you, Monday through Fridays for four weeks. If you can't make the lives, you're gonna get the replays in your inbox every morning as soon as class is over, so that, you know, for my Hawaiian friends or my European friends, you can just wake up, get that fresh class started at sunrise, which is the idea of sunrise, and get to it. Now, This has a challenge included, right? It's a challenge. So for those of you who post to your story a time lapse or anything proving that you did your practice every day of the challenge or whoever does it the most days of the challenge is going to get a year a free sunrise with me. And I'm also going to send you my very favorite guru cork mat and uh, yoga blocks as a little gift. I'm also going to have two like second place gifts. I'm not totally sure what those are yet, um, but it's going to be really fun. And even if you can't make the lives, you can still enter into the challenge. So just get ready, okay? Get ready for it. In July, I'm going to have a month-long 30-day yoga challenge where we're going to get together Monday through Friday, at 8 a.m., Asana breath work, meditation, you're going to get it all down. Then at the end of the 30 days, if you want to keep all the content, all you have to do is become a Sunrise member. And then you get to keep all of that. And then all the rest of the content that I have for you guys on there that I've been building, which is really, I got to say, Sunrise has been supporting me so much through this breakup through this difficult time, because the last thing I want to do is get into my body. The last thing I want to do is meditate. The last thing I want to do is take care of myself. All I want to do is lay in bed and scroll through TikTok. (laughs) But I just open my laptop, click the website, open the class, press play. You're there. You know, I, I let, I let a stronger, younger version of myself carry me through it. And it's really creating a profound appreciation for this thing I've created, the Sunrise Membership, because I'm, ex- I'm receiving the benefits so much from a time when I really, really need it. So I really stand by this work, obviously. Obviously, obviously. So, okay, I think that I've rambled enough. I'm going to let you get into this episode now. I hope you enjoy it. Just ripping out my heart. Here it is. Here's... My deepest (laughs) experiences. I hope you enjoy it. I love you so much. Louder than words.
1: Were you nervous or not really? Because you had a little liquid courage and it just felt Oh, the liquid so... courage was all
0: I needed. Oh, wait, yeah. We were walking home from the bar and three of our friends went inside to grab something at a house and she and I were standing out there under, yep, under the tree waiting and that's when I grabbed her and started making out with her. Mind you, you guys, she had a boyfriend. Got it. And he was not interested in an open. And then our friends came out and we stopped. This is like such a like sitcom story, but we stopped and they didn't see us. And then we all went home and we made more drinks and then everyone went to bed and she and I stayed up in the kitchen and started making out. And and I like shut it down super quickly because I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't even told you how I feel about you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the next day, um oh my gosh, it was so hard. I was staying at her house, and the next day I, like, went into her room. I was like, Do you want to talk about what happened last night? And she's like, what happened last night? Like, kind of acting like nothing happened. And it just took all of my fucking vulnerability that I had in my body to, like, sit in front of her and look at her like I'm looking at you and be like, I need you to know that I've been in love with you for years, and I want to be with you. Wow. And... It was wild,
1: and she said, "I love you too." Do you consider that your coming out moment? Because it's a little—it could guess, be a little yeah. different. Okay. And then
0: you know what's funny is that before the, the day before I left on that trip to Oregon, that trip to Oregon that changed everything for me. My friends were having a pool party. All my server friends from Takaria—we were having this pool party at Foothill and those mm-hmm. apartments. And
1: all day
0: I was like, "Tomorrow I'm gonna." I'm gonna go tell this girl I love her like all day that's all I can think about and I was so, so like So there was a
1: build-up so there
0: was there was such a build-up to this moment and my friend she was super super drunk and she was like Jane I need I need you to take me inside I think I need to lay down and I was like I got you girl and like we went and we went inside into one of the guy's bedrooms and she laid on the bed and she was like I'm gonna be fine I just I need you to talk to me keep me awake I just need you to talk to me and I was like girl, I have so much on my mind right now. And she was so wasted that I was like, I'm going to tell her because she probably won't remember any of this. And I need to get this off of my fucking chest. It was
1: like a practice run. (laughs) It
0: really was. Like she was laying in the bed. You've seen your friends drunk at a pool party, right? Yeah. It was like 2 p.m. She was laying in the bed, like trying so hard to not like fall asleep, you know, and stay with me. I was like, stay with me. I have to talk to you. And you might not remember any of this, but I have to tell you, like, I'm flying to Oregon to tell a girl that I love her, and I'm fucking scared. And she's like, Jamie, like a girl? Like, she was so excited for me, and it was funny, because it kind of gave her life. She literally, like, was like, we're going to be fine. Let's go swimming. And she, like, got back up, and then it was, was, I'll never forget how fun that was that I got to tell her and that she was excited for me, and then we got to, like, share that secret. Yeah. So... I went on the trip. Yeah, anyways, fast-forwarding to that moment when I told her that I loved her, and she said, I love you too. And she kissed me, and then she started crying. And I could see that, like, I was really fucking things up for her right now. Like, she really likes the boyfriend she's with. She's about to graduate. She has all these big plans to go to Italy. Got it. And I'm fucking it up.
1: Got it. And
0: the hard thing about looking back is that I feel like I was very... Ego-centered. Like, she's mine. Like, I did not care that there was another guy there. Yeah. I literally did not give a fuck that she had a boyfriend. And that's probably the thing that I'm actually the most ashamed of, is that I was very much like, I deserve you.
1: Interesting. He doesn't. Yeah.
0: And I just didn't even care about this guy as a person. And, um... And... that night was the first time that we had sex. But here's the crazy thing about the first time that I had sex with a girl. Um, It was obviously the most amazing experience of my life.
1: Really? Yeah. The difference was just... Oh, it was
0: the fucking best experience ever. Obviously, I've had great sex since then, but it was like, oh, this is what everyone talks about. It was like I finally had that, like, experience of like this is amazing like I want this all the time you know wow and after having sex and also having like had been with other people like not that I had really slept around very much but like just kissing her was better than any sex I had ever had you know like it was that is crazy yeah to me so yes we were drunk because I remember waking up the next morning super hungover and obviously waking up with her and being like get out of here. Like, wor- like her boyfriend could come over at any moment. Like, her parents could come over at any moment. Like, just like, get, get out of this bedroom. Like, your bedroom is downstairs. And I was super hungover, so I got in the bath. I took a bath, I sat in the bath, and I opened my phone. And that night, I don't know if you remember the Orlando Pulse Massacre.
1: Oh, I just got the chills.
0: So I get in the bath, I turn on my phone, and I see this notification. It's horrible. 49 people killed at a gay nightclub in Florida. And I just started bawling. I'm in this bathtub, hungover. I just slept with a girl for the first time. Wow. I just fucked up so much shit. And then I see this, that, wow, like that night is the shooting. Like one of the worst gay massacres in history. Yes. Happens the same night. And I just felt like the universe was fucking with me. That's crazy. It put me in such an emotional place Where it made everything feel more confusing. It made everything feel heavier.
1: Maybe this isn't meant to be like look at what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like look at how these people
0: are being harmed. I'm not safe. Like this isn't safe. This isn't a good idea. And of course she wakes up, comes downstairs, acts like, nothing's happened, like everything's fine. And but here was the hard part. Is that she kept me a secret. She would not tell, she she would not tell our friends. And we we had such a tight-knit friend group at the time that I felt like I fucked that up. None of those girls are my friends anymore because we lied to them. And the affair kind of continued through the summer. And I call it an affair because she had a boyfriend, right?
1: Yeah.
0: he He was chill with it. He was into it. And then, and that's when I I broke things off with her because A, she wanted to keep me a secret I wanted her to be my girlfriend. We're done. I can't do this anymore. This is way too painful.
1: And so we cut it off
0: and I was heartbroken. Wow. Like, just the worst heartbreak of my life,
1: honestly. To this day. Uh, Yeah. Thus far.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the breakup I'm going through right now is definitely on that well, level. Well, it's fresh and
1: very <laughs> looking back, in like, front of you. Oh, well, because the so first painful. cut is kind of the deepest. Yeah, it
0: was really, really painful yeah. to let go of her. Um, but I did, and I, I, you know, she gave me that experience. She helped me realize that I am, I am queer and I'm pan and I'm okay with that, and that's beautiful. And I kept on exploring. Mm-hmm. And Then, you know, things like this only stay under wraps for so long. Eventually, things get a little too uh, out of control, Mm -hmm. I would say. So then we can fast forward to the night that I ran into. Got it. And we'll call her A. Yep. Immediately just fell for her so fucking hard.
1: Where did you meet?
0: At my job. She came into my restaurant. And I just locked eyes with her and was like, oh shit, there we go. Like, I literally was like, what are you doing tonight? Like, I just walked right up to her and I was like, hi. And she, like, looked back at me and, like, she knew. She was like, hi. And we just connected immediately. How interesting. And... I wish that happened to me. <laughs> I know, the good old days of being in public all the time and falling in love with people and being young. I was like 21, 21. no wonder I was drinking so much. She was 21. Um, So yeah, so then she and I started hanging out a lot and hooking up a lot. And she was, so my first love.
1: This was how long after the C heartbreak?
0: this, This was probably like, it would have been that fall. So that summer I was kind of having that fling with her Heartbreak happened in August, and then that fall, like, October, November. Okay. It was October.
1: And when did you break things off with M?
0: He and I were still together.
1: At this point. Okay. When I met A. Got it.
0: Yeah. So I meet A, very quickly fall for her. We start hooking up, but here's the difference. C looked like me. Very feminine, blue eyes, blonde hair, super girly, super femme. Way more femme than me. So M the boyfriend was into it and then the next girl i start hanging out with is basketball player yeah gold star lesbian got it (laughs) not femme at all well a little bit um i like femme girls and ooh, he was not he he was so uncomfortable with it
1: interesting yeah because it was like competition
0: every time she texted me It was like, he did not care about anyone else I was hooking up with. But the second I, something about her, he was like, I could see it was like breaking his heart. Got it. And I was like, this is probably your
1: reactions too. He could sense the energy that you really liked her.
0: I feel like he could see that I was falling in love again and -hmm. that he was okay with me falling in love with a girl that he knew that he had hung out with, that he had a friendship with, that Mm. also like flirted with him back. Right. Like that was good. That was all good for him. This new girl, not interested, you know? Only Um, wanted me. And I was falling really hard for her. And one night I came home crying because um, I thought she stood me up. And I think that fucked him up a little bit, to be honest. So it got to a point. It got to a point where he was like, this isn't working anymore. And I'll never forget that conversation. We had just moved into a new place together. Interesting pattern I have. We had just moved into a new place together. And he was like, I, I really am not comfortable with you seeing her anymore. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. I'm going to keep seeing her. And he was like, I don't want to do this open thing anymore. And I was like, you cannot close this box you've just opened. I'm sorry. Like, I, was, I probably broke. I know I broke his heart because I was just like, no. And he was like, you need to make a choice. You either stop seeing her. And you stay with me and we get become monogamous again. And we start talking about marriage and we stay together forever. Yeah. Or we break up and you go be with her and go do your thing. And I was just like, I can't take the option to stay with you forever. I'm so sorry. It's not that I need to go spend my life with her. I'm not leaving you for her. But if you are telling me that this open relationship now has conditions on like mask lesbians, yeah. Like, this isn't going to work. Got it. And that was the hardest thing was that, like, the cat was out of the bag. Like, I didn't want to sleep with men anymore. I didn't want to sleep with him anymore. I, didn't want, I, I just wanted to be with girls. So we broke up, and that was, like, the hardest thing because we broke up, and I had to come out. Mm. Like, I had to tell everyone, we broke up because I'm, I think I'm gay. And that was kind of what I was telling everyone. Like we broke up because I think I'm gay.
1: You didn't have to.
0: I didn't. No.
1: But you chose. But I wanted to, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I was really committed to
1: him. And how tough was it to explain that to people at this stage when it was so you hard. had told a few people at this point, but it was still it was so it was so hard
0: because I I when you're when you are in this hetero life for so long and you don't know what's outside of it. Yeah. It's hard to be really sure. And also, like, nobody knew that we were in an open relationship except for, like, the close friends I partied with, the people who knew. Like, my family didn't know. My family definitely didn't know. My family didn't know I was sleeping with girls. Yeah. You know? And so when I was coming out to people, like, I hadn't told you about C or A. Yeah. Like, I hadn't told any of my friends that I, I had know been about C. secretly hooking up with girls that whole time. Yeah. And now I'm trying to come out and people are like, no, you've always liked boys. And I'm like... I have been secretly hooking up with girls for the past year. Like,
1: yeah.
0: But I'm not going to tell people that. And that's where getting into sexuality felt so weird. Is that I'm like, how do I tell, like, do I really need to, like, tell everyone this? That, like, yeah, I had sex with a girl and it was the best fucking thing of my life and now I don't ever want to have sex with a man ever again. Like, is that loud and clear enough for you? Like, do you believe me now? So, coming out was so
1: hard. It was so hard. Like, and what is the timeline this takes? Because it takes, you know, you have a lot of people in your life. Like, this takes months, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah. it, it's such a process. It's not like you do it once and you have this no, one you're, big you're day. You're constantly. You're constantly
0: coming out. And I out. even still, you know, gay people, queer people, we're still coming out. Like, hmm. I mean, I can't think of the last time I was in one of those situations. But, like, you go and get your nails done. And they ask you if you're married. And you say no. They say do you have a partner. And you have that choice in that moment to come out to them or to not.
1: You're always coming out.
0: And you're always asking yourself, like, some people are very, like, no, I have a girlfriend. I'm gay. You know, I'm a little bit more low-key. And I sometimes find myself in situations where I do not want to mention that I'm gay. And I'm not sure what is telling me that I shouldn't.
1: Yeah. Something else. But I do, and not that I'm saying it's any easier, but sometimes if I'm dating someone, I find myself not wanting to talk about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's private. But then I can, there's another layer to it.
0: Yeah.
1: When you aren't sure how they're going to react mm-hmm. to you not being heterosexual. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which, looking back, it's so funny because I'm just so comfortable with myself now. But back then, like, I, w- I was insecure on so many levels. So many levels. And I wasn't gay enough for anybody. Ah, uh, so and you're even... in the in-between.
1: That's, like, mm-hmm. that happens with race, too. Or mm-hmm. just any sort of, like, labels or defining who you are when you're in-between, and people don't feel like they belong in either community, mm-hmm. which almost... Not almost, it can be worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and even the with A, like, the gold star lesbian thing, like, she really was constantly like, are you sure that you're not just like, I'm not an experiment, blah, 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 like, she would say things like that to me that were so hurtful, that it's like, I'm not experimenting with people, like, I'm in love with you, Yeah. like, I'm exploring my life right now, and I don't, and then she, yeah, she would give me like a nine to ten, like, how many girls have you been with, how many guys have you been with, and it's just like, I've been with more girls than I've been with guys, but why does that matter? Yeah. You know, and I, even in the beginning, I broke it off with her after like a couple of months because it was so exhausting. No, you all dated for a while. We got back together about six months later. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was, I did get to be single and queer and and dating for a pretty good chunk chunk of time in Salt Lake City before she and I like got back together. And that was another crazy thing where we just ran into each other at the same corner at the bar next door to Taqueria. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to give myself this chance to explore this. And as painful as that relationship was, I'm really glad that I did. I needed to. So
1: what about, gosh, wow, there it is. At what point did you come out to your family that was around this time?
0: Also drunk. (laughs) Yeah. No. So when I was breaking up with um, I called my mom one night, and I had been drinking, which was normal for me at that point. It's so funny to just look back on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the and and the only there you'll get why I said I had been drinking because I I called my mom and I was bawling and she was like, "Honey, what's going on with you? Like, what's wrong? I feel like everyone could tell that like, I was not okay. I was yeah going through it, and I was bawling and I was like, "Mom, I'm breaking up with." And she was like, why you i so in love? And I was like, I'm, I think I'm in love with a girl, Mom. And she goes, honey, you sound like you've been drinking. You sound like you're on drugs or something. I said, Mom, I have been drinking. I have been drinking. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something, and I need you to listen to me. Oh,
1: and then, yeah. You know,
0: and she was like, okay, okay. And I was like, I'm telling you what's going on. I broke up with him because I think I'm in love with a girl. And she was just like, okay, okay, and I was. That's kind of how it, how she took it, and it actually took her. Not that she had a problem with me being gay at all. My mom is not like that, and I've told enough stories about, about how, gay supportive my mom was growing up, but she really struggled with the fact that I felt like I could never tell her. Mm-hmm. And she like took like it very personally. There was like personally. a little
1: wall up between you now or something. Yeah,
0: and like, what did I do wrong? Like, I took you to pride every year since you were a kid. Like, how did you, you know? Like, I, she had lesbian friends who had a family. She was very much like, you know, like,
1: wh- why did this take so long? But it was a bit of a she so was still one of the first people, right? She like, was. Yes, you were like. Yeah. So sometimes you have to go through it yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean the amount queer people out there who will go have those experiences on their own and never tell anybody yeah and that's what was so painful about the whole thing with c is that i never told anybody that i literally started to wonder like did that actually happen (laughs) like am i crazy yeah because i never told anyone and i've been holding this story in my mind that she was like my first girlfriend and she wasn't she was never my girlfriend Mm-hmm. But I never like got to tell anyone the story, so it's like I had all these delusions in my mind about what happened. So then, when I'm telling my parents, it's like I think it's hard for your parents because it's like, well, shit, how long have you been lying to us? You know?
1: Hmm.
0: And I'm like, I'm sorry.
1: I'm like, I'm so, so sorry. So your mom had an issue with that aspect.
0: Yeah, just like why didn't you feel like you could come out sooner? Interesting. Like, how long have you been holding this in? Is this why you've been so depressed this whole time?
1: And it's it really. Most likely comes from this, not most likely, it does come from this place of love. Oh, Where it's like, I could have come in and helped you through this. Of course, Because parents want to make sure that you, you know, oh, have you been struggling for so long? And they Mm -hmm. feel sad that if they don't know. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: like that they weren't able to help sooner. Exactly. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I had to like have some compassion for her throughout that because it's not that she cared that I was gay. It was... She also just did not see it coming. Nobody saw it coming. Which, like, I don't know. Sometimes I look back at old pictures of myself, like, I don't know, being a professional folk musician at 14, like, <laughs> stuff like that. Where I'm, like, like I was on the sailing team on, the, on high school. I was on the golf team in high school. Like, yeah. I was in a band of all boys. I don't know. I don't know why we didn't pick up on it, but we didn't. And that's fine. We didn't need to. I yeah. pick up on it. I look back and I see it so clear as day, but no one else was living in my experience. No, no one else can remember be- me being five years old and realizing that girls
1: didn't. I and mean, everybody's just way. so worried about themselves, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yes, you're one of my best friends and I care about you. But until you kind of sit me down and tell me something else, I'm just going to let you be you and you have a boyfriend and. Unfortunately, someone like me or most people, even parents, don't have time to really dig in. Yeah, to your subconscious and
0: you're figuring it out yourself. Yeah, like it's my job to be as authentic and honest as I can with the people around me, and that's what I had to start learning to do. And that's why Buddhism is such a part of my coming out story. And the way that I usually tell it is that like the Dalai Lama has this book called The Handbook for Happiness, and in the first chapter, he talks about like. It's okay to be honest. Wow. Like, in the West, it's more polite to lie and protect people.
1: Yeah. But,
0: like, it's really important to be honest. And I'll never forget reading that, being like, oh, I should stop lying about everything.
1: <laughs> Even though it's not, like, big lies, but the white lies.
0: I mean, the big lies of, like, I'm hooking up with my best friend. and. But, yeah, it took, I mean, and it took my dad and my stepmom a little while, too. And that's the thing. It was just that they didn't, you know, when my it's other just cousin knew came that. out, it was like, oh, we all knew.
1: Interesting.
0: And it's kind of like these super queer presenting people have like their own privilege. But then at the same time, being a very non-presenting queer, like being a very feminine, also has a lot of privilege.
1: Yeah. Uh, when I walk
0: around, people don't assume that I'm gay. Um, not that I've never been like subject to like slurs or like yeah like violence and that. oh, that's and the story
1: and so now
0: damn it's messy it's a lot yeah. it's a lot no but that's, that's why i that's, was like i, can't tell I think this on most, my own. most
1: people's are a lot yeah and there's so many layers and there was different stages mm-hmm. so now here you are and you've only been dating girls or hooking up with girls for the last how many years let's see
0: so i came out in 2016. 2022, so that's been six years. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And again, I don't want to define or assume so how do you talk about your sexuality or now? I, I I'm avoiding <laughs> and I know that was awkward, but I don't want to say how do you define yourself now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have to. Again, I'm just but, I'm a queer person. Yeah. I identify like very strongly with a lesbian crowd, um, but I am much more fluid. And I think that all of us are, to be yeah. honest. Um, so, yeah, you know, as I exit the relationship I'm in now, like, it's not like I'm going to be going around looking for a specific type of person. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not going to be looking for anybody. I'm looking for Jane. Yeah. You know? You've got
1: to kind of reestablish yourself when you're in a transition time or mm-hmm. then when you're it's people are glowing when they're in a happy place. And yeah. you attract someone so yeah. quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've always been such a jump to the next relationship type of person. You know, like I really have been, I heard on this podcast that was like, in your adult life, how many years have you spent single? And I was like adding it up in my head. I was like, maybe about like seven or eight months. Wow. Since I was Since
1: 18.
0: 18.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I've been single most of my adult.
0: And that's that's what's crazy is that I have friends like you who are, like, good being single. Not that you haven't had amazing relationships in the past, but, like, you're not jumping from relationship to relationship. And I have been, like, I'm, you know, I'm, like, almost four weeks single now. And I'm, like, you will not go looking for the next partner. You will not. You will go looking for yourself. You will go looking for your next dream. You will go looking for your next business idea. Any, Any cool person you meet along the way obviously open but I yeah. will not because yeah telling you my coming out story I'm like holy shit have not been single for very much of my adult life and I'm 28 so here we go
1: but I think that you love and you love hard you. and I think that and you make connections with people really easily mm-hmm. and that's just such a good trait mm-hmm. but I do think it would be very interesting and if somebody comes along and it's the right fit I mean don't, don't ever hold back yeah Course. But I think it is great to try and really, really focus on yourself. And people say that, but it, it can be hard mm-hmm. because it's easy to distract yourself yeah. or, you know, we're humans and we all like want to feel that, that partnership. It makes mm-hmm. us feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I notice like when I'm not in a relationship, I rely on my friends a lot mm-hmm. yeah. to feel some of those voids that a partner f- fills. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's interesting, but I'm so excited for you in this next chapter.
0: I'm excited too. Even last night when you called me, it was like, you called me at like nine maybe. And then you called me again at like 1045. (laughs) And I was like, well, I guess this is single life. I can just, Hey, what's up? I'm bored. Like I'm at home alone and you're out doing things. And like, thanks for calling me. It's like you, it's like you, you're like, Jane needs extra love. And I've gotten so many messages from my friends Lately, that are just like thought you might need a little extra love today. Here it is, and I'm like, I love my friends. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, and it's Pride weekend, and um, we're having a big party today, and it feels really good to feel like I'm not a baby gay anymore.
1: What's a baby gay? A
0: baby gay. So when in 2016, 2017, I was a baby gay. Like, didn't know how to talk to girls didn't didn't know how to identify myself like didn't yeah. really know types of lesbians to look out for like we call them baby gays when you've like just come out and you just like are got so it. vulnerable kind of
1: got it um
0: and like you're this, I feel that
1: way as like a straight person like i i still don't know so much <laughs> and i ask interesting questions about
0: about life or about the queer world
1: about the queer world
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's the thing, is that like when when you're a baby gay, you're so concerned about like your image and like you really want to make sure people think you're gay enough and all of that. And, yeah, and it's so crazy. People
1: feel go through that. Are you oh, are yeah. you gay enough? What yeah. percentage? Right?
0: It's it's so
1: hard. I have it's never so in enough. a million years that is just and that's a privilege that I don't have to say I'm this percentage or yeah, like how or are you? Like have to think about prove
0: to me that you really like men. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's actually really weird, and I think we should stop asking people to do things like that. Um, but, oh, wait, what was the next thought I was getting at? I'm sorry I interrupted. I no, you're totally fine.
1: Baby gaze.
0: The baby gaze. Oh, yeah, I think I've just gotten to a point now where I am. <laughs> you get to this point of maturity where you're like, it doesn't matter how I dress. It doesn't matter how I talk. It doesn't matter how anybody looks at me or thinks no. of me. I like pussy. <laughs> like, it gets to a point where it's like, nobody can ever take that away from me.
1: And it's... And you feel so confident. And it's weird anymore. that,
0: like, that's what we're arguing about.
1: Why are we arguing
0: about that? We're, we're not arguing about it. Oh. But the people who are like, are you really gay? Are you gay enough? Got it, got it. It's like, this weekend at Pride, like, I keep thinking, like, what am I going to wear? And I'm like, be comfortable, you know? I'm going to be dressed as a Buddhist monk tomorrow, and that's going to be weird. And I'm like, what am I going to change into... Blah blah. I need to get something rainbow, and then I'm like, Jane. Doesn't matter if you're wearing rainbow June or not. June is one of my
1: favorite months. I'm so happy it's Pride Month. You just feel
0: it's such a good month. It's like
1: summer solstice yeah. and like
0: it's such a good month. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great month. yeah, yeah. And I love, I love having not only a weekend but a whole month where like we just get to celebrate being queer and like really making it front and center and just celebrating it and talking about it and sharing our stories and yeah. And yeah, and I guess just for anybody listening, like, I, I mean, I just shared a shit ton about my life. But my hope is that this weekend for Pride, you can like worry less about like your optics, like what people think of you or how you look yeah. or how you, if you look gay enough, and just like be who you are. Totally. Like, to me, queer liberation is spiritual liberation.
1: And I even I'm ident like I'm taking the advice as a non-queer person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like it's so inspiring that all these people are celebrating being their authentic selves mm-hmm. this month.
0: Yeah. Everyone can do And it. like,
1: I feel like okay. I can identify with that because yeah. that's something we all can identify with.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's, that's. and not thing.
1: to take away from, you know, oh, no, that we're, uh, you know,
0: it's not taking, it's not
1: like everyone can relate. Like it's not that. So I hope that but doesn't it, come no, across I that think, way.
0: And that's the thing that like, I think that sometimes queer people can be kind of gatekeepy that way of, like, we get to be authentic. Like, yeah. we get to express ourselves this way. Whereas, like, no, queer liberation is human liberation. Human liberation. Like, if something I've been I'm noticing... I'm so inspired
1: by all the queers yeah, who yeah. feel liberated. And, like, wow, there's that mm-hmm. is, like, so amazing that they've just overcome a lot more challenges and they're so... I, I'm inspired by how expressive mm-hmm. I think queer people yeah. can be when you really sh- see that they feel like they don't have nothing to hide anymore. Yeah. Like it's so beautiful,
0: yeah.
1: and then it makes you question: mm-hmm. Am I, I being? A, yeah, am I being my authentic self always? Yes,
0: exactly. And that is what Inspiring. I think queer people are here to do: is to liberate all people from this capitalist, patriarchal binary that's keeping us all small. Yeah. And just giving everybody the permission, everybody the permission, to be your most authentic self. Whatever that is, express yourself as authentically as you possibly can. And we're going to love you for it. And we're going to celebrate you for it. Yep. And I'm seeing that more and more, you know, like my little sister's generation. Like, I'm seeing her guy friends that are straight. That are wearing like little rainbow bead necklaces and like are dressing like a way oh that a God. guy, a gay guy, would is dress. This weird, but I
1: think it's like kind of hot when guys paint their nails and oh, it's like so hot. wear the pearl necklaces. Like are you kidding me? Harry Styles might yeah. be my number one celebrity. Oh, crush. exactly, and he
0: is, and that's what I love about him is that Harry Styles isn't like what Hey, I'm a gay team. Gay. He's like, hey, we're all super fluid here. Isn't that super fun? And he's like telling this whole generation of children to just be fluid, to not attach themselves to any labels. Yeah. And I love it. And I see it in my little sister and all of her friends, just this chillness around them. You know?
1: And I'm so glad that they still grew up in a world where there is obviously still discrimination about it, but Mm -hmm. it is so, there's been so much progress and I see it in them, the, the chillness. Yeah. We didn't get that for no. some reason. Mm-hmm. We had to learn it, mm-hmm. and it was kind of hard mm-hmm. for yeah. people in our generation, but I, it just gets better and better with the generations where it's just more and more
0: Open. normalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny, because when I came out to my little sisters, they could have cared less. Yeah. You know, like, Sophia was like, I didn't know that you were gay until the day that you brought Bruno over to our house. I was like, you're lying. And she's like, no, I'm like, You never saw me, like, posting pictures on my Instagram of, like, kissing other girls? And she's, like, like, I literally think she was just so uninfluenced by it. Yeah. That she just didn't think very much of it. Yeah. And then, literally, she told me that the other day. She was, like, you never came out to me. I was, like, you were, like, seven. I wasn't going to, like, talk to you about it. I figured you would just meet my girlfriend one day. And she was, like, that's exactly what happened. I'm, like, you never, like, thought about it before
1: then? Anybody knew that you meet? I guess you said you are coming out to them constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then there's that aspect that. where you can just say, hey, meet my girlfriend. And mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a form of coming out, but it's one day it will be less of a vulnerability, mm-hmm. I hope, like how your sister didn't think much of it maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just met yeah. your girlfriend, cool. Exactly, it will be like, didn't oh, think I learned that you switch. were gay
0: when, I, when you introduced me to your partner. You know, and that it's as yeah. simple as that. And that it's yeah. not like, a thing that we have to learn about.
1: Just like introducing to a straight partner, like, oh, they've got a new partner. Like, yeah. And yeah. not thinking too much about the gender. You just yeah are like, oh, life event, which is yeah. exciting. I
0: don't want the first thing people to know about me to be, like, I remember during that whole coming out, people would introduce me in two ways, and both of them bothered me. Either, hi, this is my friend Jane. She's a Buddhist, which, like, I not the first thing you need to know about me. Or a lot of our friends were starting to give me labels and they would be like, this is my friend Jane, she's a bisexual. (laughs) And I'd be like, okay, stop introducing me that way. I'm not. And like, I'm just Jane. Yeah. Like, you know, and And we're ever
1: evolving
0: Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the
1: issue with labels. I think, like you said, labels help people and Mm -hmm. they they can be good in some circumstances or Mm -hmm. you're allowed to label yourself, but something that I can tend to do and. I want to be more mindful of is not labeling others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can label myself. Mm-hmm. I can identify myself who I want to identify mm-hmm. and tell people, but I have the right to that. That can evolve. Mm-hmm. I can change how I define myself.
0: You totally can. And I need to watch
1: can. not defining others mm-hmm. until they've told me who they are. And yeah. then maybe you can, yeah. you can. You can, but you. And you, you can be always careful.
0: ask. You can always ask. You can always say like yeah. so. Are your pronouns are your pronouns like he and she? I'm just like I don't want to assume wrong. Or like so do you, I are, are do you identify as queer or
1: yeah. you know if you're genuinely
0: curious ask. I mean, I'll tell you to just ask
1: people. Like
0: yeah. I think I think you're allowed like to ask
1: and people. be curious mm-hmm. and coming and from a place of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah?
0: Yeah. And then on the other hand we can let our friends tell us when they want to. Like, I have a friend. Um, I met them probably a year ago now. They moved to town. And when I met them, they identified as a bisexual female.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And about six months later, uh, I was on a call with them and they were like, Jane, I've decided I think I'm actually a lesbian. And I was like, yay, congratulations. Yeah. And I was like, cool, we've adjusted to that. Thank you for letting me know. Then about six months later, I just saw them the other day and they were like, Jane, I have another update for you. And I was like, what's up, girl? And they were like, I don't think I'm a, a girl or a boy. I don't think I'm a he or a she. And I think my pronouns are they, them. And my reaction was, yes, girl. I mean, person. Yeah. <laughs> and then we laughed a little bit and I was like, sorry if I call you girl i'm gonna need to break that you know and you know they were excited because they're like i'm trying this on yeah, you know like evolving i'm trying this on and if in six months they're like actually i'm transitioning i'm a he or they're like actually i'm i'm feeling more like a woman these days that's fine
1: yeah.
0: and i think we need to give each other that room because that grace. yeah i've been identifying as a lesbian for so long but if you guys see me out in town flirting with a guy I mean, that makes me laugh a little bit. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> like, I can't really see myself flirting with a man. But it could happen. It could. You know, you never know what kind of person could come up I life. had a
1: coworker, and I had a really great conversation with him. And this is when I was younger and still learning. It was maybe 19 or 20. And he was telling, you know, introduced me to his boyfriend and was telling me how he was straight his entire life. And he believes he still is straight but he fell in love with this man and he just fell in love with the person who he was.
0: Oh, it's funny how that like bothers me a little bit.
1: But I mean, I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say, I don't know if he said he was still straight, but he said, I probably would be still straight. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. If he hadn't met that person. Yes. Yeah. And he
1: was just saying, I fell in love with the person who they were. And that mm-hmm. was such a lesson for me, which is why I'm like, wow, you mm-hmm. fall in love with the person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the definitions or whatever. I, I don't, mm-hmm. it might've been kind of a little bit of a, I'm still straight, but. Well, yeah. and it's
0: fun. It's funny that like the only reason that that bothers me is because it
1: just brings up
0: this um, childhood friend that I had. I don't think you ever knew these people. Um, but growing up, I always really liked this girl. Mm -hmm. Um, she was very mm, just like fit all the things that I liked as a kid growing up, all the things that I was attracted to. Then when we got into like, like, you know, kind of Facebook era, I saw that she had a girlfriend. and So I was like, nice. And then I ran into them at a music festival. Um, when I did have a girlfriend and I, we were chatting and I was like, you know, I just like love that we both like grew up to be queer. Like I always like thought you were so cool growing up. And she looked at me and she's like, Oh no, I'm okay. And my face again, I had been drinking and I was (laughs) probably like, but you had a girlfriend. And she was like, yeah, I had a girlfriend. And I was like, so doesn't that make you gay or a little bit queer? And she was like, No, I just had a girlfriend, but, like, I'm not gay.
1: Interesting.
0: And I was mad.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, I was, like, and I felt kind of dumb, too. Like, I felt, like, embarrassed, you know? Like, I had, like, I didn't mean to call, and my girlfriend was, she was like, Jane, shut up. I was like, I didn't mean to, like, tell you that you're gay, but, like, I, I almost felt like I needed her to know that, like, I looked up to you growing up. Yeah. And now I'm seeing that you're not owning your sexuality, and it's, like, disappointing me. And again, that's her whole journey that she needs to be in. But right after that, I, like, walked away and I, like, was a little bit flustered. And one of her friends, who was also one of my good friends, came up to me and he's like, Jane, don't be mad. Like, this is something that we all struggle with with her. Got it. And I was like, oh, it's a thing.
1: Got it. I see. So that can happen. It's almost like they aren't fully comfortable yet.
0: Yeah. It's like, I can have a girlfriend, but I'm still not willing to identify with your community.
1: Huh.
0: Like, that it hurt my feelings and I've been like mad at her ever since yeah <laughs> and it's allowed
1: to but then you sympathize with them mm-hmm. yeah because you're like okay they're that must they're suck. struggling yeah with whatever with because we're all we're all struggling mm-hmm. but and they're in a place where they're struggling yeah. to define or in an in an between phase or a transition mm-hmm. phase or whatever it may be
0: yeah and it's not up to me to no, any of that on there.
1: No, yeah, you just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, no, these stories are so interesting, <sighs> yeah. amazing. Well, that was really great. And there's so many layers, but I think that is what makes this so important and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, show that the journey it can be this squiggly line of a path, and, yeah. um, and, and it's very inspiring. And I take that those experiences uh, of the different types of journeys people have and especially the queer community and take those learnings like I'm allowed to have a squiggly path Mm -hmm. maybe it's not in my sexuality Mm -hmm. but it can be in other ways Mm -hmm. in my career in my friendships and defining who I am Mm -hmm. and like the courage I think that the queer community demonstrates Mm -hmm. um, is really inspiring Uh, to all of us on our journeys and being our authentic selves. That's so
0: sweet. And that's, I think, why we're here for everybody. Yeah. Like we're not here to cut people out and that's why I just wanted to be a big cue that's normal someday. Yeah. Because, yeah, like we're, you you may not know what it, you may not know like the pain and the shame that I grew up carrying, but it doesn't mean that you can't have the awakening that I've had in your own way totally and that's what uh, queer spirituality to me is all about is that it's like it's liberation yes happy pride happy pride everybody yeah okay is that a wrap I think that's a wrap I think that's a
1: wrap okay oh yeah I'm the interviewer I get to call it I know okay
0: thanks for listening thank you all oh my goodness